Welcome to the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church podcast, where we're listening to sermons from our pastor, Philip Coons. This is a sermon entitled Carnal Corn and was preached on October 10th of 2021. We invite you, of course, to visit us. We're at 310 Randolph Road in Kansas City, Missouri, just outside Clay Como. Services start at 11. Sunday school is at 930 every Sunday. And now with Carnal Corn, here is Pastor Philip Coons. Let us all now turn to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 3, as we're going to look up verses 18 through 20. And as you're looking that up, let us all please stand to honor the reading of God's word. First Corinthians, chapter 3, verses 18 through 20. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolish with God, for it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. God bless and honor the ring of his word, and you may be seated. America was founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we've been saying this for a few weeks, and we have been because there's a reason for it. It's very true, and it's necessary that we know that. It was founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it's not the same today. People are trying to take it away from us. There's a separation of morals and ethics, right and wrong. Biblical truths are the same, but we are not really standing on that. A lot of people are trying to take that away from us. Last week, I, I, I had a sermon called The Race. I spoke about the races, and I spoke about uh, the true race, the perfect race, and it has nothing to do with color of skin. It has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with, with ethnicity. The perfect race is Jesus. The perfect race is Jesus Christ. It has nothing to do with Christians, but Christianity. That is the perfect race is Jesus. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned, but Jesus, because Jesus is God in the flesh. And all, all, listen now, all matter to God. All, that matter color of your skin, all matter to God. All do. And this is all building up to today and even next week as we talk about something a little different than where we are today. But it's all building up to today as we speak about civil war. That's the title of today's sermon, Civil War. Now, when we hear about civil war, which is why I'm wearing this beautiful tie, beautiful tie, uh, which has, I'm sure people can tell that when we talk about civil war, it gets very, very, very nervous. Some people do. They don't like talking about it. They take down statues about it. They do, but it is what it is. It's history. Or as my dad would say, history. And it's important that you have history because you have to learn from history. You can't just take it away. If you don't talk about it, if you don't learn from it, then you're a fool. You're a fool if you don't learn from history. My dad was right. Dad, I, as you can hear me now, you were right. You were right. You were right. But the fact of the matter is, is we must learn from history. And when we hear the word civil war, most of the time people think of the American Civil War. That's why I didn't say the Civil War, because there's many civil wars. But the American Civil War, of course, started April 12th, 1861, with the uh, fires of Fort Sumter. But it ended April 9th, 1865 at uh, Palmito Ranch. 
uh, when we think of the Civil War, we, we think of names like Abraham Lincoln, the president of the Union. And we think of names like Jefferson Davis, who was the president at the time of the uh, Confederacy, the Confederate States of America. We think of those names. We think of all sorts of generals, or at least we probably do, all sorts of generals, probably not the youth today. They probably don't know much about it. But there's all sorts of generals like Ulysses S. Grant, who later on was a president. Ulysses S. Grant versus Robert E. Lee. Believe it or not, some of you out there, you know, General Lee was more than just a car. <laughs> but Robert E. Lee was a general. He was a general that Grant took on. And, and then there's other interesting generals, generals like uh, uh, Burnside, General Burnside, who, by the way, the sideburns were named after because he had interesting sideburns. And so Burnside and then also Thomas Jackson, who we know as Stonewall Jackson. These were very interesting generals throughout the war. There's all sorts of interesting battles that happen, like Antietam and Gettysburg and Shiloh and Bull Run 1 and 2. All sorts of interest, like Chancellorsville. All sorts of interesting battles that happen. Very important in our history that we should not erase because we need to learn from it what we should and should not do. Many people say it wasn't about slavery. The fact is it had a lot to do with it. In fact, most of it, even at the core of it, slavery was involved. Yes, it was because even though people were fighting for their freedom, the fact of the matter is it had a lot to do with what was going on from the very core. Even whenever the, the war began, it had to do with the fact that Abraham Lincoln himself said that if he became president, he would get rid of slavery. And the South didn't want that. And so, yes, slavery had a lot to do with the war. In fact, pretty much all. Not all of it, but pretty much all. It had to do with the very core of the war. And that is true. But there were a lot of civil wars in this world. A whole lot. When you hear the word civil war. There's a bunch, a whole bunch throughout this world. Uh, Paraguay has had civil wars. Uh, Syria, Mexico, China, Korea. You've heard North Korea, South Korea, civil wars. And there's many, 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 many more, including Israel. Israel has had so many civil wars all throughout the Bible. And then some, there's been civil wars throughout Israel. Israel continues to have civil wars and has been having it since the beginning. And we say, why? Well, why? Well, it's quite simple. It's quite simple because Israel started with Isaac. Okay, it wasn't by that name, Isaac being the son of Abram, Abraham. But, you know, Abraham uh, had another son by Ishmael. And the Palestinians uh, are descendants of Ishmael. And so, therefore, there's war because of that. Well, let's get into this just a little bit. There's been civil wars since the beginning. And civil war starts with family, starts with home, starts with some of the same land. And so we have that. But we'll go to another, another war that began. You all know it starts with home, it starts with family, it starts with the way people are raised, it starts with that kind of thing. Well, let's take a look at what happened with Isaac's family. Isaac became a father himself eventually. When he was a, fa a father, he had two sons. They were fighting from the get-go. You say, oh, when they were little. When they were in the womb of their mama. They were fighting. Can you imagine that? And you all had babies. You said, oh, well, it was so wonderful. Not for Rebecca. They were fighting from the get-go. They were fighting. They said, oh, well, I had some kicks. Not like them. They was kicking one another. Can you imagine that? Don't make me come in there. They were fighting. They were fighting. So they come out fighting. And, and Jacob had the hold of Esau's heel. They were fighting all the time. Can you imagine that? Fighting constant. But here's the big problem. They were taught wrong at home. Okay, I love I love Isaac. And I love Rebecca, both chosen of God, and they were chosen of God, both of them. You can look into that. 
Both of them were chosen of God. However, both of them were wrong because they chose uh, nepotism, favoritism, and they chose to do what they were going to do, and they didn't listen to the Lord. Isaac was uh, showed favoritism to Esau. Rebecca showed favoritism to, to Jacob, the little mama's boy. And in truth, because of that, there was warring all the time. Mama likes me best. And Esau, daddy likes me best. And they were both going at it all the time. Constant favoritism, constant war between one another. You don't need that. There should be love and compassion. But this would go on. And you can see as they got older, well, you know what happened. And God knew, by the way. God told them this is what was going to happen. And they knew. But this is what happened. Jacob, as you know, uh, tricked uh, Esau, got his birthright. And then later on, he tricked daddy. And he got the blessing. And God knew of this. God knew it was going to happen. By the way, I know that God blessed it. And he did. He blessed it. And it happened. And so, therefore, Jacob was used of God. But Jacob also had to pay for what he did. Jacob had to leave, and he left. Years later, years later, Jacob, as he came back, he uh, not only was he in that same spot where he was blessed and saw God in the, the you know, Jacob's ladder, you know, of all that. Later on, he came to the same spot. He was scared to death, scared that Esau was going to kill him. Scared of it. He knew Esau was going to kill him. He knew it. In that same, same, same spot, there he had a vision. And he saw an angel there, uh, a spirit of the Lord. And when he wrestled with him, I mean, literally fought with him. And there he was wounded. And at that spot, God called him Israel. That's where his name was changed to Israel. That's where the name Israel comes from. Jacob's new name was Israel. And at that same time, when Jacob came, was going to give many, many things to Esau, going to give him camels and oxen and, and all sorts of things. When he went to do that, he was first blessed from God named Israel, and also, when he went to do that, Esau had a new name. Esau had a new name, and his new name was Edom, because while they had separated and did not like one another, something had happened. Esau had changed. Esau's name was Edom, and he had been blessed too. And so they were able to have a wonderful reunion. Edom and Jacob, uh, excuse me, Esau and Jacob, Edom and Israel became good friends. But unfortunately, unfortunately, because of all the turmoil they'd had in the past, and you know how jealousy is, there was their descendants. Their descendants had much war with one another. So later on, there was much civil war, and Israel would constantly be a civil war with many, 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 many people. There's much civil war with Israel. So let's talk about some of it. Okay, the first one, Israel would have civil war and still does with the Palestinians, which comes from Ishmael. Okay, another one, the Moabites. We talked about them a couple weeks ago. The Moabites come from Moab, which is a son of Lot. Lot being a nephew of Abraham. Another one is the Ammonites. The Ammonites are the son of Benami. And Benami is a, a son of Lot. Okay, Lot again being a nephew of Abraham. And then there is uh, the Midianites the Midianites and the Cushites. And the Cushites and Midianites, some believe are the same people. If not, they're at least together. They at least uh, teamed up together. And Midianites come from Midian. Midian is the son of Abraham. Wait a minute, he had more than one son? Well, eventually he had several sons. He had six sons from a woman by the name of Keturah. That was his second wife, okay? So even though he was an old man, he had other, other sons. And then you have the Gibeonites. And that's an interesting name. We won't talk about what ended up happening to the Gibeonites. The Gibeonites come from the Amorites. We talked about the Amorites 
or excuse me, the Ammonites, the Ammonites we talked about a while ago. And then uh, we also have the Edomites. Who are the Edomites? Well, we know who Edom is. Edom is Esau. So Esau's descendants, his family, they fought with Israel all the time, saying, this is our land. We should have it because we are also descendants of Abraham. So the Edomites were constantly trying to take the land. This is what happens. People always fighting civil wars. But there's another one, the Amalekites. Amalek is a grandson of Esau. And so, therefore, we can see civil war, and there's even more. But civil war constantly happening in Israel, civil war because of family squabbles, family dissension, constantly. Even after that, we see civil wars that happen. During the time of King David, we see Absalom try to take his son's his father's land, and he did for a time. We know he died. Uh, he's always having problems with his hair. He ended up dying because of his hair. Later on, we see Adonijah. When David was on his deathbed, he tried to take the kingdom, and David ended up giving it to Solomon. We see that. Uh, there's even more kingdom splitting over uh, later on. And it, for 75 years, they were taken away. We know about that. So there's always problems with kings and kingdoms and splitting and all this stuff. Civil war, constantly civil war. Even now, we see Israel's constantly having civil war problems. Civil war. People always fighting. Why, Pastor? Why? Well, because of mankind. Mankind. Fighting. Sin. Fighting. Hatred. Greed. This is the way it is. I hate to say it today in America. Civil war is brewing. It's brewing. I don't like talking about it. To be honest with you, I like to be a kind of man who's in peace all the time. I'm not talking like a hippie, but I like to be a man of peace. I like to pretend that everything's happy all the time. I'm a Disney man. Happy, happy, joy, joy. I like to pretend as if nothing's wrong ever. I like to act as if everything's good and fine. Oh, nothing's wrong. But that's not the way it is. I like to pretend that everything's fine when I had a car. Everything's fine with my car. Oh, nothing's wrong. No, something's wrong. You better get taken care of. Or your car's going to go kaputs. No, you better get taken care of now. And that's the way our country is now. Today, a civil war is brewing. Many people talk about political war, and there is political war. We see it all the time, political war. What does it say in Matthew 24, 12? It says, because of iniquity, it says, because iniquity will abound. And this is Jesus speaking. Because iniquity will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Well, you see it every day on the news. People don't have much love in their heart. They can't stand one another just because one wears a donkey, the other wears an elephant. And that's the facts. Some people hate one another. I don't hate people just because they maybe have a different political point of view. I love them. I may not like what they stand for. I may think that they're ignorant, biblically speaking, I mean. They may be biblically ignorant. And sometimes some of these people even call themselves Christians. And I say, how can you stand for something so biblically wrong? And you go out there in the name of Jesus and say this? Come on now. Come on. But still, they say we're in political war. Some people say we're in a cultural war. And they, by the way, they go the same, hand in hand. Cultural war. So we're in a culture war, they say. And this is where we get to morality in a culture war. Morality. What is right and wrong? We've talked about it before and we'll continue to talk about it, probably till the day we die. But what is morally right and wrong? Some say, well, this is what's right and wrong. Some say, this is what's right and wrong. Well, we talked about it not that long ago. Well, Isaiah talked about it. In the last days, the right will be wrong. The wrong will be right. What is morals? Well, 
I've said it before to you too. Some say that social, uh, socially, they say that the social mores are what is morality. But social mores change depending on what land you go to. You might go the, to the one side of the land, or we could even go to the one side of the aisle. One says this is what is right. One goes, says this is what is wrong. Why? Because that's what you call social mores, opinions, in other words. But God is the one who has morals. God is the one who says what is right and wrong, not just some person. I found this out just in school. When I went to school, I'd go to one place. What is the best thing to do? One would say this is what's right. The other would say this is what is wrong. Well, folks, this is not asking what is the best hamburger. No, 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 no. What is God's right? What is God's wrong? Not what do you think is right and wrong. God knows what's right and wrong. So go to the word. Don't go to the word of someone in office. Go to God's word. Don't go with what they tell you, by the way. God says this. Go to his word. He will tell you for pity's sake. And speaking of which, let's go to Romans chapter 3. As we read verses 10 through 18, as it is written, and this goes for all of us, incidentally, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. Together they have become worthless. There is no one who does good, no, not one. Their throats are an open grave. With their tongues, they have used deceit. The poison of vipers is under their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to, the sh to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their paths, and they do not know the way of peace. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Sadly, this is the way it is nowadays. Sadly, this is how it is. This is the way we see it in the world today. But let's look at the way it is today in America. And I'm going to read to you a few places here in Isaiah 57, 20. But the wicked, and folks, they're wicked out there. Listen now. But the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up Myrrh and myrrh dirt, myrrh and dirt. I like in some versions, this is mud and muck. I like that. Mud and muck. Folks, when I watch TV nowadays with the liberals, I see a lot of mud and muck. I really do. And sometimes I, I hear different ones talk. Don Lemon, I'm talking to you. Hello, Mr. Muck. How you doing? Mr. Muck out there. I see him all the time. And then there's Isaiah 48, 22. It says, there is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. There is no peace for the wicked. You see, and you've seen it out there. We need to tear down this statue and that statue. Then we'll be happy. No, you won't. Then you need to turn down another one. Oh, but that statue stands for racism. That statue stands for everything that's wrong with the way. But then you have to turn down another one and then another and then another and then another and another because you're never happy. You're never happy. And you know it's true. Whenever you do something wrong, when you're in wrong, you're never satisfied ever. You can't satisfy that empty pit, that empty stomach. You're never satisfied. Let me tell you something. I've been nothing but a glutton before. Oh, over 500 pounds I've been. And let me tell you something. When you have a gut that has an empty list, an empty 
pit. I'm trying to say a bottomless pit. You cannot fill it. You can't fill it. It doesn't get filled. It just keeps going and going and going and going. That's how it is. Isaiah 59, verse 8. The way of peace they do not know, and there is no justice in their ways. They have made their paths crooked. Whoever walks in them does not know peace. Ezekiel spoke of it too. You know, Isaiah and Ezekiel are very wise, used of God. And she knows. And the truth be told, they were in a time where everyone was looking for horrible times. They wore, and God spoke through them. And Ezekiel said this in, in chapter 7, verse 25. When destruction comes, then they shall seek peace, but there shall be none. There shall be no peace. And they're not going to find peace because they're looking in the wrong places. They're not going to find peace. They may even think they find it. But they're not going to like what they get. We've talked about it before. They're not going to like what they get. In the end, they're going to stand before God and say, Lord, why didn't you send someone? We, I did. And you know, and you know what's going to happen? God's going to say, hey, remember this time, this time, this time, this time, this time, and this time? And they're not going to be able to deny it. You can't deny it. You know you can't deny it. Ezekiel also said in 13.10, it is surely because they have seduced my people saying peace when there was no peace. And when anyone builds up a wall, they daub it with whitewash. We can see it all over the place, all over the place. People putting up whitewash, trying to make everything look like peace when it's not peace. They're trying to bring us all sorts of things saying this will make us happy. Everything's peaceful. It's not peaceful. No, we need the Lord in our lives. That's what we need to have. Right now, they're trying to separate churches, trying to separate friends and families. Why do you say that? Because I've seen it happen. Some people are agreeing with the ways of the world. Some are agreeing with the ways of the Lord. This is what civil war is. Brings up civilians and brings up separation between them. I've actually seen churches split because some agree with the ways of the liberal lost and some agree with the ways of the Bible. I actually saw a church split and say, we need to be a little more open to the ways of, of kindness and love and compassion. In other words, the ways of the world. And you say, oh, there's nothing wrong with being kind and love. And Listen, folks, there is nothing wrong with that. I was given one of the books that they had. But the problem is, it was so thin. It wasn't whitewash, it was water wash. I, I got to looking at it. I looked at some of the scriptures that this individual was talking about. I won't say the name of the individual, but I was looking at some of the scripture this individual said. There was some scripture in it, but it was so thin. There was so little of the truth in it uh, that, man, if you're going to build up a church on that, good luck when the earthquakes. Good luck. Good luck. Because I'm going to tell you something, right down the middle, it's going to split because people aren't going to know where to stand. Nope. 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 Don't you remember the story Jesus told? The wise man built his house upon the rock. They're separating churches. They're separating families. They're separating friends. I have a lot of friends that don't agree with me, but I love them. And so I'm loving and kind, but I don't lie, and I won't lie. I love you. You're ignorant, but I love you. I won't call you stupid, but what you believe in is stupid. 
You know who you are. The fact of the matter is, what you believe in is very stupid because it's not godly. And in truth, I have family the same way. I'm talking about people or families of God. They'll go with ways of Satan and not know it. Oh, it doesn't say Satan on it. By the way, Satan had always come out with horns on. He didn't always do that. No, a lot of times he came out there pretending to be of God. He came to Adam and Eve pretending to be of the Lord. Pretend, hey, I'm one of his creations. I'm a snake. I'm a snake. I'm okay. I'm not doing anything wrong. Hey, don't you know that God says, listen, folks, just because he says he's of God doesn't mean he is of God. He was of God, and then he decided to go completely off course. Don't do the same. Make sure you're following the Lord. Choose a side. There is a civil war coming. Make sure you're choosing the side of the Lord. Choose a side. Proverbs 14, 15. The simple believes every word, but the prudent man considers his steps. Consider your steps. Don't believe the word of the enemy. Don't do that. Don't be ignorant. Don't be stupid. And I say ignorant because you know better. I say ignorant for those who don't know any better. But if you're of God, you're not ignorant. You're stupid. You're stupid. You're stupid if you choose to go with the world because you don't want to cause a, a, a muck. You don't want to cause any trouble. Listen, if you know what's right and wrong and you're choosing because you don't want to be mean, you are mean. Because you're sending them to hell and you know better. How dare you? I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. I rebuke you. I rebuke you for putting on the enemy's armor and pretending to be their friend when really you hate them. You're their enemy. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. The fact of the matter is, love them enough to tell them they're in the wrong. Love them enough to say you're in the wrong, but I love you nonetheless. Love them enough to choose a side. There's a line in the sand. Choose the correct side of the line. This far, no farther. Make a line and choose the right side. Not because Pastor Philip says so, but because the Bible says so, because Christ said so, because the Lord God said so. Choose it now. Choose the side of God. James 4, 17. Therefore, to him who knows to do good, and does not do it, it is sin. There is a civil war, and we have freedom in the church, freedom of religion. That's the First Amendment. Use it. Be of good report and be a good example. Use that freedom while we still have it, and we're going to fight for it. I'm going to fight for it. I'm going to vote. I'm going to fight for it. Does that mean I'm going to get out there like Rocky Balboa and get the boxing? No, I'm not going to physically get in a fight. I'm not going to do it. I'm a man of peace. Do I want to box some ears? Oh, you bet. <laughs> I still am a man. I'm still a man. I still have flesh. There's still times that I want to show my Hulk Hogan side. There's still times I want to go out there and go, let me tell you something, brother, but I'm not going to do it because I am a man of peace. There's more God in me than there is flesh in me. I am a man of God. And I'm going to obey authority because that's what we have to do. We have to obey authority. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 2, 18, servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. And we have to obey authority. But what authority do we obey? Well, there is a line of authority we are to obey. First, we obey God. 
Then we obey law and government, law and government. And then we obey our parents. Listen now, we obey parents. I'm telling you this, kids, we obey parents. But parents, you raise the children to obey God. Raise them to obey God. Listen now, parents, children, it says this in Ephesians 6, 1 and 2, and it's also talking about Exodus 20 here, 20 verse 12. It says this in Exodus 6, 1 through 2. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right on your father and mother. And it's talking about Exodus 20 right there, 2012. It says, which is the first commandment with a promise. It says that also in Colossians 3.20, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well and pleasing to the Lord. Does this mean parents are always right? No. This is actually talking about the parents who are raising them to follow God, the parents who are following God. This doesn't just mean parents who tell you to eat your your vegetables first. No, this is talking about the parents who are following God. Parents, listen, this doesn't just mean because you say go do this and go do that. Parents who are following God. Parents, are you following God? Or are you following yourself? But I told him to, to go and do his chores. And that's great. But we're actually first talking about following the Lord God. If you're not following God, how are they going to follow God? Follow God. And we're to follow the law. But let me tell you something. We are to follow the law, and the law is to follow the Lord God. We're to follow the law, and the law is to follow God. The Lord talks about it. It says in Titus 3.1, remind them to be subject to the rulers and authorities, to obey them, to be ready for every good work. 1 Peter 2.13-15, submit yourselves to every human authority for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and to Praise those who do right. It says it in other places, too. In Romans, it talks about it being submitted to authority. But in all reality, they're placed there by God, and they're to submit to God. Oh, but our president's not perfect. No, really? I wasn't aware. None of them ever were. There's only one that's perfect, Jesus Christ. But we're to submit to God first. Where do you get that? All over the Bible, from the beginning to the end. Luke 6, 4, 6, Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Follow him. Acts 5, 29, Peter and the other apostle answered, we must obey God rather than men. Rather than men, we must obey God first, always God first. John 14, 15, if you love me, come at Jesus here, if you love me, keep my commandments. We say we love God. We say we're of Christ. Prove it. By her actions, we are known. Pastor, you say it all the time. There's a reason. There's a reason. By her actions, we are known. We say we love the Lord God. Good. I'm glad we say that. Let's do it then. Let's prove it. I'm not perfect. But every day, I'm trying to die to myself. Let's prove that we love the Lord God. So you're saying we have to vote a certain way. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we need to be godly. We need to be biblical. We can't say that we love the Lord God and to do everything the Bible says not to do. We can't say that and truly mean it. We can't do that. James 1.22, be doers of the word, not hearers, only deceiving yourselves. Gee, many Christmas. Getting worked up, and there's a reason for that. I can't stand liars. I love God. I love God. Do you lie? Yeah. <laughs> Did you cheat? Yeah. You say you love God? Yeah. You cheated on your spouse? Yeah. And you love God? Okay. Good heavens. Luke eleven twenty eight, 28. But he said, indeed, blessed are those who hear the word 
of God and keep it. First Peter 1.14, as obedient children, and by the way, this isn't talking about little kids. I mean, that's great too. But this is talking about you, children of God. Listen now. As obedient children, do not conduct yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. You're not ignorant anymore. Don't pretend to be dumb. I don't know what's going on. No, you know what's going on. You're not ignorant anymore. You're not lost anymore. You're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. You have the Holy Spirit leading you and guide you. Show it by your actions. Show it by what you do. Get up and follow God. Don't follow the flesh anymore. Choose the side, the world or God. Get up. Follow the Lord God. Come on now. There's a civil war brewing, but I don't, I don't want to upset anybody. You're going to upset somebody. You're going to upset somebody. You're going to upset the way of the Lord God or the way of the world. Choose a side. And even through all this, even through all this, we have to be peacemakers. If, if people are going to be mad at you, but you still have to be loving. This doesn't mean get out there and start you know, fist the cuffs. I'm not talking about that. But choose a side because you're choosing a war against spirits, which I'll talk about next week. I will. But we need to be peacemakers with those people that hate our guts, and they will hate you. Not you, but he who is in you. But we need to be peacemakers. So don't go out there and scream at them, hey, dummy. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Be peacemakers. We'd still choose the side of God. <sighs> it's hard to do. It's hard to do because we have the flesh in us. There's times we want to say that because we see the choices they make and we want to say you're being stupid, but we can't do it. We want to say, boy, you're ignorant, but we can't do it. We have to lovingly show them, lovingly show them the way of Jesus Christ, lovingly, because we can't say that God is love and say, hey, I can't stand your guts. We can't go up to them and punch them and say, get up and, and follow the way of love. Can't do that. It doesn't work. That's hypocritical. Whether you want to or not, you can't do it. What does Jesus say? Matthew 5, 11, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be the sons of God. Galatians 4, 16, Have I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? And that is the way people think of you. Have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Yes, you become their enemy because you tell the truth. That's how they think of you. You have become their enemy in their mind. Because remember, you don't understand them. They don't understand you. Why? They don't have what you have. You were once just like them. They don't, you, they don't have the Holy Spirit. They don't have the understanding. They don't have all of what you have. Romans 12, 17 through 19. This is hard. As I said before, we have to be loved. We have to be allowing Jesus to be the peace through us. Listen now. Repay no evil for evil. Commend what is honest in the sight of all men. If it is possible for much, if possible as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to God's wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. You have to be loving. You have no choice. God will not be able to use you if you're trying to seek vengeance. Can't use you. You have to be loving. They won't come to Christ. If they see hateful, spiteful people, they already think that anyway. Don't give them any ammo. Don't do it. One last 
one last verse before we go to the Lord in prayer, before we close today. John 14, 27. Jesus said this right as he decided to leave us and descend into heaven. And by the way, he's never left us, never forsaken us. He's with us every day, but I'm talking in the physical sense. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Don't be afraid. When we talk about civil war, it sounds a little terrifying. It sounds a little terrifying. Because we think about the wars with ammo. We think about battles. We think about violence. Who knows what's going to happen? I don't know. But there's already a civil war going on. As I mentioned a while ago, people on the Internet, people on the news, people always belittling Christ, people always attacking you as a Christian. But you don't need to be afraid because you are not alone. Not just because your brothers and sisters are with you, but because Christ who is with you every step of the way, every breath that you take, he is with you. He's never going to leave you, never forsake you. He is going to be with you every step of the way. He is our general. You don't need to be afraid. And this war has already been won, and I'll talk about that more next week. But know this, today as we leave here, keep the peace, even within your soul, because God is with you. Let's bow in prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you so much, Lord. We thank you that you give us peace. We thank you, Lord God, that you give us excitement because we know that you are with us every step of the way. Though we know that there are civil wars that go around, Lord, this is a different kind. This hits close to home, but it also hits close here in our soul because we somewhat have a civil war within us, flesh versus spirit. Lord, we pray that we will hand ourselves over to you. And we pray, Lord, for there be anyone right now who is battling with that inter-civil war, that they will hand themselves completely over to you, that they will know what to do, and that they will win that battle, not the flesh, but the spirit. And Lord, I do pray right now, if there be anyone hearing right now, hearing at home who doesn't know you, that they will realize just how much you love them, how much we love them too. Let them completely understand. Let the Holy Spirit reach them now remove any doubt of what's been said today. Lord, I rebuke the enemy in your name, and I do pray that there be no confusion. I pray this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.